Hey out there, everybody in Movie Geek Land. It is Movie Geeks United, but you know that. That's why you push play. We appreciate you big being here and listening to our new show tonight. It's Blu-ray night, uh, which means that uh, Adam's with us. Hey, Adam. Hello, hello. And then Dino will come in a little bit later in the show and talk about the latest uh, offerings on Amazon Prime. Because who, who can find anything on that platform? Uh, yeah, really. Any any <laughs> help would be appreciated. Yeah. But first, here's a special treat. I invited my best friend on the show tonight. He has been with us before, Rick Jansen. Because anyone who's read uh, the movie news in the past week knows that the big event in the industry last week was CinemaCon, which takes place in Las Vegas. It's a convention for people in the theatrical exhibition business to theater owners. Theater owners and various other types converge on Vegas and they meet with studio heads who come out with the stars and the directors in great pomp and circumstance to unveil their upcoming product, um, which in this case is movies. Sorry, I don't mean to sound like a cold-hearted businessman when I say <laughs> product. That's what it is. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is. So Rick is here with us to tell us all about it because he was there, man. I know. Rick. Hey, how are you? So you, uh, we're good. Thank you for coming on to share details of this Um, because there were a lot of exciting movies that we've been speculating about for months and months and months, and you actually saw footage for the vast majority of them. So we're anxious to, to. to hear about everything. The, my first question is, what for you personally was in terms of the presentations that you saw? Because each studio is represented uh, for the most part. And uh, what was the highlight for you in those presentations? Um, I mean, I, I definitely like seeing the footage. Um, but as far as the studio highlights, I mean, I, you know, Universal and Warner Brothers were great. Um, I mean, to be honest, they were all they were all really exciting. Um, you know, there were tons. Of, it was overwhelming how many filmmakers and actors came out and talked about the films. And uh, I mean, it was just uh, we 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 saw so many, so much footage and so many people over the three and a half days. It was kind of yeah, overwhelming. Mm. You even got you even got a performance from Cher. Yes. Wow. Cher came out and sang. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was pretty cool. And and they dropped balloons when Cher came out and. What would she sing? What? What she sing? Uh, Fernando, uh, Abba's song, Fernando. Oh yeah. Okay. That's neat. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty. pretty cool. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. They they really work to dazzle the the audiences there and get them excited about what's coming up. Okay, I had uh, I had questions as I'm sure that uh, the rest of the panel does about uh, a few movies in particular. So let's okay. get these. Uh, Let's discuss these right off the bat. Uh, okay. First of all, one of the earliest stories we heard coming out of CinemaCon last week was the, uh, I guess it's Sony. Is Tarantino's new movie at Sony? I yes. think so. I think. That, that's a, it was a grand so they, finale at the Sony presentation was the Tarantino and Leonardo DiCaprio coming out. Mm. Wow. So just recap, recap for me what they, what they said about the new Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is known... Well, I think unfairly as the Manson movie. I think it's going to be a lot more than Manson. Oh, I think so too. 
Yeah, I I don't, you know, he did not say much about the script. I mean, he did say it's about a, a TV actor and his stunt double that, that they're working together and just trying to make a name for themselves in the film industry, um, and that it takes place in 1969. Um, Leonardo flat out said not a frame of footage has been shot yet, but they're definitely um, working hard to prepare. Um, they're going to be shooting uh, around L.A. this summer, and they're going to take the time to try and make the um, areas of modern L.A. look like 1969 for uh, the film. So, And they said they'll, you know, like later this summer, they'll still start shooting. And I don't know, I, I assume they'll be shooting for probably about three months. I don't know. Mm. Man, I couldn't but, be more excited about that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, here, what, what can you think? What's fascinating about that, Rick, what you just said, the, there's some parts of Los Angeles that still look like, in a good way, look like yes. 1969. So yes. That's what's yeah, so fascinating about the city. I agree, I agree. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, you could tell they were very excited about it, too. And, I mean, you could take this with a grain of salt, but the studio exec that was out there with them from Sony said that he thought, uh, unabashedly, it was the best script he'd ever read in his life. So, I mean, you know, who knows? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Okay, who knows? And and even DiCaprio said this is the best screenplay that he's written. Tarantino. Yeah. I think yes, Tarantino's produced a masterwork, so that's saying something. Mm-hmm. I mean, this yeah. um, really, and I think I think what the movie is going to be about. This is just me uh, speculating about it, but I think it's going to be about movie love more than anything. I, I, right. He has been particularly obsessed with how Hollywood shifted in that in that period of '69. He has something to say about that, and I think that's what he's trying to get at with this movie. He also mm. said it's going to be the closest thing to Pulp Fiction that he's ever made. Mm. Wow! Well, mm. since Pulp Fiction, yeah. Yeah, interesting. All right. Oh, yeah. The next, <laughs> the next yeah. movie I want to ask about is uh, Halloween, which is uh, the new David Gordon Green uh, directed, Danny McBride co-written yeah. ver- uh, version that that completely ignores everything that happened after the first movie. It it erases like all the history of Halloween beyond the original, right? Right. Yeah, and even in the footage uh, that they showed, someone says to her about, um, isn't he your, you know, your brother or something? And she's like, no, that's just a made-up story, you know. <laughs> so they they discard everything after from Halloween two on. So how wise, yeah. <laughs> that, that is. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, this is a direct sequel to Part Seven. Are we? Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> So, so did they show like a, a trailer or was it footage? Um, it was, I they showed footage, but I think that it's going to be the trailer that gets released down the road. It's, that was my sense of it. I mean, um, it, it I don't know. It definitely gave me goosebumps. I mean, I was excited from what mm-hmm. I saw, and um, with Jamie Lee Curtis, I was shocked to see her come out because uh, she was there, and she uh, she was seemed to be very excited about it as well, and. Um, she uh, she said she thought it was definitely going to scare. Uh, and she's you know she used uh, some profanity, so I won't repeat it here. But but she thought it was going to you know scare the f out of uh, out of everybody. And she was she seemed very excited. But the footage, yeah, it gave me goosebumps. And um, mm. I mean it, it it kind of it moved fast, but it kind of started with this film crew going into a prison 
um, where Michael Myers is being held, and uh, they're gonna. They're, I guess they're trying to do a documentary about the event that happened 40 years ago. And um, I don't know. I mean, they. If, if one of them at some one point pulls out the William Shatner mask that um, Michael Myers had worn in 1978, and uh, it's like every all the prisoners suddenly get real restless, and I don't know. It's just, this thing's kind of sped up there. The the guard dogs started going wild. And then it was like suddenly Michael's broken out of prison and, um, you know, and then there was just a, a lot of fast, uh, scary, violent shots. That, I mean, the, you know, again, you know, with the Halloween music and everything, it, it, I don't know. I, I mean, I love I love the original Halloween a lot, so it got me really excited about it. So, that's that's um, good. But she, she's kind of a she, – her character at this point in time comes across as like some kind of – almost like Lindy Hamilton from – Terminator 2, like a survivalist, you know, mm-hmm. she's really good with a gun, and so she's basically been waiting for Michael Myers for four decades, and I guess he's finally coming, so, mm. so she's ready. Here's, here's my prediction. Here's my prediction. Uh, I bet it's all in her head by the end of the movie. Do you oh, think it'll God. be like a dream? You, I hope you know not. what I mean? Oh, I hope not. Oh, God. <laughs> that would be, I, such a cheap that would be a shower. Cop out. Cop out. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thanks. I knew I could get an honest reaction from you guys right away to that idea. Uh, all right. So, so the the big. Well, before I ask about the big movie, the one that you probably have the most to say about, uh, I want to ask about Suspiria because towards the end of the CinemaCon, they previewed that from the the director of um, Call Me by Your Name, parts one through five. Apparently they're making a big thing of uh, which is, isn't, but uh, the reaction was very uh, visceral to that footage. Yeah. So tell me why. Um, the they showed a scene of uh, basically this young woman is obviously being forced and locked into this dance room that's surrounded with mirrors, and then they're intercutting between. The, the woman that's locked in this dance room with a woman in another part, another young woman who's dancing. And clearly they're somehow physically connected in some way. And as the dancer continues to dance a perfect dance, uh, well, I, I, granted, I don't know much about dancing, but it looked good to me. Uh, <laughs> as, as she continued to dance, uh, um, it was kind of, uh, tearing up the the girl that was locked in there. Like, like her body becomes physically distorted and tossed around and, uh, in a very violent matter manner. And, uh, I mean, like, like her face gets, you know, almost like melted and there's like, um, bile coming out of her mouth, dripping on the floor and then urine. And it's just like, it's just like, it was really disturbing in that sense. I mean, I, I saw a lot of people looking away you know, and uh, you know, I saw a, a woman behind me was like, "Well, I guess I won't be seeing this one." You know? <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't that happen in the original though? I mean, that, that there's there's something like that in the original, at least. Uh, yeah, but I think um, I think it, it's like this one is a little bit more, <laughs> you know, visually it's it's gonna it's gonna have more impact. So it's pretty. Uh, and of course, it's crazy. much longer than the original. It's like uh, yes. forty or fifty minutes longer. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I think the film is, um, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it like two hours and twenty five minutes or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
say. Oh my God! Okay. <laughs> well, that is that is a pretty ballsy clip to show. Like when you're saying, "Hey, yeah. check this out." And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, and, uh, because this, it does gauge such a strong reaction, and it, and they did it right after lunch, right? Yes, the studio exec <laughs> said that. He said, he said, you know, I know you just ate, but I'm really excited to show you this. <laughs> so, you know, so, yeah, and they showed it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it definitely got a reaction from the audience. Uh, you know, there were definitely people looking away. Because <laughs> it, it, okay. it, wow. it got very violent. Well, good. Okay. I'm a, that's, an Am- that's an Amazon movie, but that will be uh, Amazon's releasing it theatrically. Um, yes. But Amazon from Amazon that, Studios. But, so uh, the la- the last one I want to specifically ask you about, and then you could tell us any other highlights that we might have missed, uh, is Mission Impossible Six, which yeah. sounds like the most involved uh, of any presentation that was made. Like Tom Cruise really took the time to uh, deconstruct one scene in particular with them. Yes, um, Christopher McQuarrie and uh, Tom Cruise came out and. Um, they uh, talked a, a little bit. They said, you know, they wanted to go into detail on one of the scenes they just finished shooting about a month ago. Um, so it wasn't done visually yet, but they said, they, you know, they talked about how um, uh, in the scene, Tom Cruise, uh, he's he's going to do a halo jump, and uh, it's like a high-altitude, um, low, uh, uh, for, like, you know, they have to draw let their parachute out at the last second or, or else they'll die. But it's, I don't know. Um, I don't know much about that stuff. <laughs> but um, but, it, but what they were trying to do is make it clear to the audience, they want to keep it clear that it's literally Tom Cruise doing the, the stunt. And so they had to develop a mask where the, you, know, you could see his face um, that would uh, also have oxygen in it and also a light so that you could see Tom Cruise's face lit. Um, so they had to develop that equipment and get it approved, and they did. And then they had to um, – what they did is they mounted a camera on the top on the, on the the top of a, um, a, a guy's head so that uh, he could back out of the plane as Tom Cruise is jumping out. Um, and it wasn't a, an experienced camera person. It was a, a person who, um, you know – does parachuting, uh, you know, like often, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what you would call that. Um, uh, but um, so they mounted the camera on the person's head, and they said so they couldn't, they had to kind of squat so and, and make sure they were looking at, like, Tom Cruise's neck because then the camera would be more even with his face. But another challenge they had was that they were shooting it at, like, um, right as the sun was going down, so they only had, like, three minutes to be able to get um, the lighting that they desired, and because of the low light, um, they had very shallow focus, um, and so Tom Cruise had to move. He had a range of three inches that he had to try and stay in as much as possible, so that um, he'd be in focus. Otherwise, the whole stunt would be for nothing because you wouldn't really be able to see him. Wow. And he's very involved. Um, and uh, honestly, they showed a previs of um, you know their intent, you know the animated uh, storyboarding. And I was I, even just looking at that, I was thinking, huh, how, how are they going to do that? <laughs> but um, he, they they did it. I mean, they said it took 106 jumps, um, and uh, 
every night uh, they had three minutes to, to you know get that, those shots. They they got it in three extended takes. So and then they showed us the extended takes cut together minus the digital effects that will be there because um, when they jump, they jump into a lightning storm. And, and believe me, I know I'm telling this long, elaborate story, but they talked for like 45 minutes to an hour, so it was very involved. But um, the lightning storm effects weren't there, but we saw the footage cut together that they got, and it is pretty amazing. And the sound, he, they said the sound that we were hearing when they played those shots was the actual sound from Tom Cruise because he was mic'd inside, so his breathing okay. and stuff, um, we could hear that. And um, Tom Cruise had a, a little beeping device in there that, you know, as the time was running out, the, the beeps would increase, you know. So, so you know, when it started to get like beep, 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 you know, he had to pull his parachute or he was going to die. So, um, but but they did it and they got it. And uh, um, Christopher McCory made a joke about, He's like, yeah, I even managed to stay in my director's chair the whole time, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Your mission. Should you choose to accept it? I wonder, did you ever choose not to? The end you always feared is coming. And the blood will be on your hands. The fallout of all your good intentions. You had a terrible choice to make in Berlin. One life over millions. And now the world is at risk. This is the CIA's mission. If he had held on to the plutonium, we wouldn't be having this conversation. His team would be dead. Yes, they would. That's the job. You don't understand what you're involved in. You need to walk away. Please don't make me go through you. How many times has Hunt's government betrayed him, disavowed him, cast him aside? How long before a man like that has had enough? Ethan, that's not who we are. Maybe we need to reconsider that. That's amazing how he he constantly puts himself in in perilous situations like like this, Tom Cruise. Because he knows that 50 years from now, uh, even if you don't remember anything else about the movie, you'll remember that moment. You know, it's like one of those, one of those moments that will live forever, uh, which I think, I think the scaling the tallest building in Ghost Protocol will be like that 50 years from now. Mm-hmm. And I remember him running, you know, running across that, the tallest building in the world, and he's really doing that. I mean, that's, some, that's just some crazy stuff. <laughs> Yeah, he does. He he's just he's pretty incredible. I mean, obviously a very smart man, and and he enjoys what he does. I mean, you know, he he was definitely um, 
intent on being as safe as possible during the whole thing, you know, uh, nothing by chance. They were very careful about everything. Because, like, even before he jumps out of the plane, um, I guess Henry Cavill, Cavill, is that how you pronounce his last name? Mm-hmm. He, I think so. Cavill, whatever. His character is supposed to pull Tom Cruise's oxygen mask, like, apart real quick. And, and then he just jumps out of the plane and leaves Tom Cruise standing there. And Tom, so basically, Tom Cruise, for real, has to put his oxygen mask together and then jump out of the plane. And he can't screw up putting his oxygen mask together. Otherwise, he's going to jump out of the plane and then end up unconscious because he doesn't have oxygen. And, uh, and so they had to practice that many times, you know, to get it right. So, so that when he jumps out of the plane, nothing happened. But, I mean, just the, the details are just incredible. Mm. And, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, it was, it was I, you know, as a person who loves filmmaking and makes films myself, I'm just like, whoa, that's just a, an incredible level of, <laughs> of detail and difficulty. Well, it's $30 million uh, jumping out of yeah, that million dollars jumping out of that <laughs> plane. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, I do have a question. Uh, okay. uh, of course, uh, anything from the Irishman, or is it too early? Uh, the Scorsese movie. No, nothing was said about the Irishman at all. Okay. Did anything just get hoots and, and uh, ter- terrible response or, uh, you know, anything like that? Or? Well, not not really. I wouldn't I wouldn't say no because, um, uh, I mean, I, I would say some things got better responses than others, but, but, I mean, everyone, I think, is just excited to be there. Yeah. So, so no, I, I don't sure. – there wasn't really any yeah. – um, Negative outburst or anything. You yeah. want you want every even though it's not everything is going to succeed. I would think in that kind of environment you're all on the same side. Yeah. So you yeah. want everything to do well. Of course. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean. Okay. So what what have we missed that is worth mentioning? Uh, I thought. Um, I mean, you know, of they showed a scene from Beautiful Boy with uh, Steve Carell in it, and oh. uh, what's his name, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Yeah. And, there we go. Um, <clears throat> He, uh, I mean, honestly, I thought that looked like it could be a really good movie. It's it's a scene where of Steve Carell sitting in a diner waiting for his son to show up. Uh, they hadn't seen each other in a while. And um, I guess his son is uh, addicted to drugs, though it's unclear what drug he's addicted to. Mm. Um, but, uh, um, and there's, he's kind of having these little, um, Steve Carell is kind of having these little flashbacks. He's remembering his son younger in the same diner and same seat. And then his son comes in and his son's trying to get him to give him money. And uh, of course he doesn't want to give him the money because he knows what he's going to use it for. And it was just a really strong scene. I mean, it doesn't look like a happy film, but um, it looked like it might be a really good film. Well, that's good. Um, They're already um, talking about that as a, as a as a probable best picture nominee. Yeah, well, uh, some good acting um, that I saw. Um, uh, Overlord, which is uh, produced by J.J. Uh, Abrams, and it's directed by Julius Avery. Um, I don't know, it almost looks like a Grindhouse movie. <laughs> is it a I mean, World War II movie? Or? Yes, yes. Okay, it, it's okay. like 1942, and their plane crashes, and they end up in this jungle region, and then they come across these labs that, I guess the Nazis were cre- using to create all of these horrific um, monsters, and I, I don't know. Oh. It, it, it seemed pretty. Uh, it seemed pretty intense and pretty crazy, yeah. but uh, um, 
it's uh it felt like a grindhouse movie at the same time you know right. so it, it, it might be fun i don't know can i ask you a question um if you can yeah. confirm this and you might have actually covered this so forgive me for you know online um it's it's being abrams specifically i think didn't he say this isn't part of the cloverfield series yes he said it is not part of the good cloverfield okay series. thank mm. you that's mm. good okay yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Unless, of course, he thinks it can make more money by sticking the Cloverfield name on it. <laughs> that is, that's a double-edged sword, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you might see it come out. It would be called the, the Cloverfield Overlord. Uh, so you just prepare yourself. Overlord from Cloverfield. Uh-huh. I thought, and I think it was you who brought it up um, online. Was the Ven- we were talking about it? The Venom trailer I thought looked really good. I mean. And it had yes. no right to, but it did. Um. Yes, uh, there was a good reaction to that as well. That was the Sony event, um, and uh, Tom Hardy was there. Oh, and, um, cool. Yeah, and, he, and so a few of them were there. They came out and talked. They showed um, the trailer, which is out now, but they also showed a couple additional scenes from the film. Um, and, uh, no, I mean, it, it looks interesting to me. And, of course, Tom Hardy's. Yeah, well, I think that's amazing, the selling so. point. That's the mm. major. I, mean, that's just, yeah. I think that takes the film to a whole other level, personally, just having mm. him yeah. attached to it. I agree. Bradley Cooper was there talking about A Star is Born, which my first reaction to that is, well, I don't care. But once he was done and they showed the clips, I, honestly, it looks great. So I bet that's um, going to be good, you know, Lady Gaga. Yeah. And, I uh, think so, too. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good, good version of it. So did you have a did you have a chance at all? Last question: Did you have a chance at all to to stop by the Bunny Ranch? That's that's really because <laughs> that's gonna no. be my, when I go to Vegas. That's gonna be my first stop. I'll tell you right now. That's why I don't care about the games, Baba Duke. I'm going to the Bunny Ranch. Yeah, I was I was focused on the movies. That was it. Well, sure. sure. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for giving us a report. That's exciting. We, we, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Go, go, yeah. go next year. Let's make this like a regular thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> if, Joy, if my wife will let me, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. I'm I'll... talking about CinemaCon, not Bunny Ranch. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. No, I'm, I'm staying away from Bunny Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having right, me buddy, on, guys. Talk... No, no problem. Thank you for coming. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good to hear that. All right. <laughs> so, we'll we'll do a show where we'll talk about uh, all the movies we're most excited about seeing for the rest of the year. But uh, Adam, I I don't I don't want to neglect you. It's your time to shine. And this is it, my friend. This is it. <laughs> Here we go. Well, yeah. Let's. Are 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 we adequately prepared? Or are uh, we yes. ever? <laughs> well. Anyway, we'll do it chronologically, like we always do, starting April 3rd. We'll go back to the beginning of the month. And uh, here's a title that I honestly had never heard of until this month, The Boneyard, which, check out this cast. It's a horror film with Ed Nelson, Norman Fell, Phyllis Diller, (laughs) Deborah Rose, and Denise Young. (laughs) How How can your... How can anything get better with that? I mean, how can you get even top that for the rest of the show, Adam? Come on. <laughs> it's uh, Ed Nelson is a policeman, and there's a psychic played by Deborah Rose, and they link cult mayhem to a morgue that's run by Norman Fell, where ancient ghouls are on the loose. So when you have Norman Fell in a horror film, I gotta you ask something, me. dude. Yeah. yeah, it seems like every every single month you're talking about a movie that Norman Fell is in. 
He must have had a really robust film career that I, I was <laughs> unaware of. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. He was, you know, big in the '60s. He's in the fucking graduate. He's in. Uh, yep. He's he's in. Uh, he's what in a lot of movies. So isn't he in Catch Twenty Two? Yeah, but all, but but all of these Norman Saul movies that Adam mentions, I've never heard of. <laughs> well, he's the yeah. hardest working man in show business. Let's just deal with it. I mean, I love that. And guy. right now he's Mr. Roper. Right now he's in, he's he's literally in the Boneyard right now. So yeah. yeah. Yes, this is true. <laughs> yeah. I anytime anytime I get a chance to give a shout out to uh Norman Fell, I can't I can't not do it. <laughs> yeah. And Phyllis Diller, you know. <laughs> right, that too. Bonus bonus points. What can and I tell you? She plays Mrs. Poopin Platts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. So we know what we're what we're dealing with here. Yeah. All right. So we have a uh a six movie collection from uh, Mill Creek Entertainment called the 80s Overdrive Collection, which, uh, check out these titles. We have oh, Legend God. of Billy Jean, <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. Little Little Nikita, uh, Hard Bodies, <laughs> Spring Break, Private Resort, and wait for it, Perfect, with John Travolta <laughs> and Jimmy. Wait a minute. I don't know what to say. Perfect. I don't know what to say about what that. The hell is little da- what the hell is Little Nikita doing in there? That's a good question. That seems so, a little out of place. I would Mike, I would have put in weekend pass. Personally. I would have put in tag yeah. the assassination game, but okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting. Uh but uh, the the thing is this thing you can get it for like fifteen bucks and you get all these movies on Blu ray. It's not That's a bad still deal. too much. <laughs> well, there's, there, yeah, there's some of those are of questionable uh, quality, but there's a couple of them in there that might make it worth it. I don't know. For some people, maybe if you even want two of them, you know, fifteen bucks is worth it. That's right. That's right. Why and not born American while we're at it or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> didn't well, uh, also, didn't Sidney Poitier didn't Sidney Poitier direct Little Nikita? He's in it. I'm not sure if he directed it. He's definitely in it. Oh no. Okay. It's it's it, okay. No, no. He. uh he did direct that, the movie with River Phoenix. Oh, wow. I, that that I had forgotten. I think so. Either he or Richard Benjamin. Maybe I'm getting mm-hmm. them confused. It's so, Richard so Benjamin. He's definitely in it. Richard Benjamin and, uh, and uh, Richard Jenkins is in it. And uh, mm-hmm. lots of Richards. Uh, Richard... <laughs> I can never go here, but uh, Richard Lynch. Jenkins, Richard Bradford, Richard Lynch. Lynch uh, okay, yeah. maybe, maybe that's why it's in that box set because it's a movie full of dicks. So that's <laughs> there we go. There you go. There I knew it had to happen. Mystery solved. Um, but Mill Creek has also done a Six Degrees collection, the Kevin Bacon Six Degrees collection. That's which, neat. Uh, and and again, this one's. Twelve, but like eleven dollars and a half, you can get this in six Kevin Bacon movies, and even if there's one or two in here, it's worth it. There's, um, you get uh, the Big Picture, which I think we all pretty pretty most people like that one. Yep. Uh, Flatliners, um, Hollow Man. Okay, we're getting we're going downhill quick. Yeah. Uh, in 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 the cut and where the truth lies. Uh oh. Okay. Where the truth lies, I can deal with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a little interesting. So there's a couple in there. It's worth it for the big picture, at least. So you know. Yeah. 
So for just for anybody that's interested, I just wanted to throw it out there. And then there's a Kino Lorber title, The Sixth Man, Marlon Wayans, when Kadeem Hardison from the glorious days of the late 90s, 1997, directed by Randall Miller and also starring Octavia Spencer and David Paymer. So. Yeah, no, that's a – that was a – God, is it that old? Yes, it is. Wow, okay. <laughs> I thought it was like 2000, but no, okay, wow, okay. And I no, think dude, this you're made, that old. Is, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that, no, I know, thank you. I'm, aware, I'm aware of that. Um, <laughs> I'm reminded every day at work about that, so. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that's a Kino title, and there's a Scream Factory title that's issued on, it was issued on April 3rd. Oh, sorry, this is another Mill Creek title, sorry. It's um, A Study in Terror from 1965 with John Neville and Donald Houston, and um, it's a, Sherlock Holmes, Doctor Watson thing, uh, British film. So, and I wasn't really all that familiar with it, but uh, that. And then for the love of Benji, there's a 4K restoration. If oh I don't know wow, anybody was clamoring for that. But last month they did Benji, the original, and it, those movies have been notoriously in horrible quality on uh, Blu-ray and DVD, and so they finally hmm. done something with them. So can, can I backtrack? Some? Study yeah. in Terror. Yeah, has a very interesting cast. Anthony Quayle, uh, Adrian Corey, who we remember as the as the rape victim in uh, in um, uh, Clockwork Orange, uh, mm-hmm. Frank Finley, the Oscar nominated uh, actor, Judy Dench, early Judy Dench, and uh, so we can see the young Judy Dench in this, and uh, so that sounds sounds interesting. Oh. Oh yeah, that's it. Well, it's another Mill Creek, and their titles are, like I said, always notoriously low priced. I think you can get this one for seven or eight dollars, so mm. it's 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 worth checking out. It, it won't be uh, putting a lot of money into it. So Enigma Rosso from 1976. We're moving on to April 10th. This is uh, one of those Italian thrillers. This one's directed by Alberto Negrin. And it has cinematography by Eduardo No, the guy who photographed Fistful of Dollars. And uh, this is a Scorpion releasing. They notoriously do a lot of these drive-in type films. So we have that one. And then the 1974 biopic of Martin Luther, Zucchino Lorber, uh, Stacy Keach, and Judy Dench, and the uh, directed by John or Guy Green. Okay. Oh. I think based on the play by John Osborne. Okay. And there's a nice batch of extras there for that that's one. The, I think that's the second filming of that. I think it was done in the done maybe done in the sixties or in the fifties, uh originally. So that that should be interesting. Well they did one in two thousand two with uh uh Joseph uh Fines. Joseph Fines, right. Mm, so yeah. Yeah. that one. But um anyway we have Lover Come Back from Universal, that's Rock Doris Hudson Day. and Doris Day, Tony Randall, one of those, uh, one of the one of their, you know, it's the fun. group of comedies they did. Very fun. Yeah, it I, is. I like those movies. I like those Doris Day, Rock Hudson movies, especially if they have Tony Randall in them. I think uh, mm-hmm. they're, they they become uh, very very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, very true. Phantom Thread, I know this is a newer title, but I do want to give a shout-out to it because we all loved it so much. Phantom Thread is now available on Blu-ray, and it's uh, coming out on 
4K in May. They delayed the uh, 4K for some reason, but uh, it's out there for anybody that didn't get to see it. Uh, another of the uh, Rock Hudson Doris Day uh, Send Me No Flowers also yeah. issued April 10th. That's very fun. And uh, yeah, Norman Jewison directing that one, of course. Yeah. And Super Beast is a Screen Factory release, uh, one of those horror films that uh, they're they're known for doing. And nineteen seventy two wasn't really familiar with it, but uh, that's a Screen Factory as well as uh, we talked about this one last month. Won't go into detail on it except it's. Uh, it, I would recommend it. Full Moon High, directed by Mr. Larry Cohen. We talked about that one because it has, uh, so you know, has Demond Wilson and Adam and Alan Arkin and uh, Elizabeth Hartman and Ed McMahon and oh I yeah, go on and on. So oh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Yeah, it's it's good. It's it's pretty funny. It doesn't kind of runs out of steam towards the end, but it's it's pretty. It sustains itself for a long while. Uh, the 1934 version of Cleopatra has also been issued by Universal. Claudette Colbert. Yes. That's a good one. one. Yep, and uh, there's a 40th anniversary edition of Up in Smoke. Uh-huh. That has been issued with some new extras as well as Still Smoking. Also, both of those are Paramount, of course, so I'm sure that's why they both were issued. And um, not one of the crowning achievements of Alan Pecula. I know we all love him, but this wasn't one of his crowning achievements. Consenting Adults has been released for anybody who's interested. I always heard that. You know, I haven't seen it yet. I've never seen it. But uh, um, I, I know uh, I've, I've been told by some that uh, it's actually very, very entertaining. So. It's not a bad movie. No, it's not, not bad. bad. No, no it's, it's not, not a bad good. movie, not at all. I mean, okay. it's just not up to the level of other stuff. I should clarify. Sure. But um, that—that's another. And Kino has acquired some of the old Touchstone Films catalog, and I think that's one of them. And because apparently Disney has no interest in those films, they're trying to whitewash their history and pretend like it doesn't exist. So they're just giving those films out to anybody who's interested, I think, that has a decent licensing deal or wants to pony up the money. Uh, but thankfully, somebody's putting them out there. I'm glad. Um, the 1995 film Bad Company is also a Kino release. That's uh, directed by Damian Harris and Ellen Barkin, Lawrence Fishburne, Frank Langella, Spalding Gray. Right. forgot he was in it. Yeah, the late... Spalding Gray. Um, so we move on to April 17th, and there's some good titles here. Of course, we'll get right into the Twilight Time stuff. Uh, we have Autofocus, the Paul Schrader film, uh, the biopic of the the sordid life and times of Mr. Bob Crane. For oh, anyone, yeah. who, anyone who hasn't seen this film, uh, could not recommend it more. It still holds up. I watched it again the other night, and it's a great transfer. There's a t- there's three, no less than three audio commentaries on this disc, which is pretty impressive. There's one with the screenwriters, uh, you know, the Larry Alexander, Scott Karaszewski. There's the Paul Schrader commentary, and then there's the actual Greg Kinnear commentary and uh, Willem Dafoe together. I think it's isn't it. Uh, Larry Karaszewski and Scott Alexander. <laughs> I think you might have transposed I, I the did, names. I did. I did say that. You're, you're correct. Yes, you're correct. I got them 
tongue tie, uh, got my tongue twisted there. Thanks for the correction. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they they were they actually did the, just the story. I think the actual scripting was done by somebody else, but they, they are on the commentary. Uh, Jacques Demy's 1969 film, Model Shop, which is a quasi sequel to his 1961 film, Lola, which also both of them have featured the same character played by Onuk uh, Ami. And this one takes place, it's kind of a love letter to Los Angeles. It uh, Apparently, when Jacques Demy came to Los Angeles the first time, he was really just fell in love with the city and wanted to do something here. And so that's, uh, this film is interesting. I, I did, I have seen it, and it, it, it's interesting in that it captures Los Angeles at a particular time in the late 60s. You guys were talking about that earlier with the uh, upcoming Tarantino Film and this shows you how it really was at that time, and it's interesting to see, you know, having been out there many times myself, to see how it looked then versus what it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's quite, quite stunning. Uh, some it's, of it. Isn't it? Uh, am, am I mistaken in thinking that uh, I heard I heard uh, Gary Lockwood uh, talking about it and and mentioning it as one of his. One of his own personal favorites uh, uh, of his movies, right? Because yes, yes. Uh, I think it. I think it is. Yes. We. I was getting around to the fact that Gary Lockwood was hot off of uh, his, uh, you know, being a part of 2001: A Space Odyssey the previous year, and I. The the story goes. And this is an interesting bit of trivia. I thought is that uh, Jacques Demy actually wanted Harrison Ford to play that part. Ah. And uh, he, they would not. Uh, they they wanted Gary Lockwood because he was the hot commodity at the moment. So they this could have, I guess, completely turned the career of uh, Harrison Ford and put it in a different direction. I, I'm thinking about it. It would have been interesting to see what became. He could have gone. There may have. There may not have been a. Harrison Ford as Han Solo had that happen, so yeah. you, you never know. It's mm-hmm. one of those mysteries that, to ponder. Mm-hmm. But it's it uh, it is about Gary Lockwood's character falling in love with the, uh, the the Lola character from the previous film, and it's it is quite touching at times. I I, I love the original Lola, so with it being a quasi sequel and following that character to further adventures, I I I. I I would recommend it. It's not quite vintage Jacques Demy, but it's certainly a a good one that should be seen. The Martin Ritt film from 1959, uh, 57, excuse me, No Down Payment. I can't wait to see this. Yes, this is the one about the uh, about a California subdivision <coughs> that struggles to make ends meet as they deal with racism, alcoholism, and promiscuity, and features Joanne Woodward, Shereen North, Tony Randall again. The Tony Randall month, Jeffrey Hunter and Cameron Mitchell and Pat Hingle, yeah, and filmed in glorious CinemaScope in black and white. One one of the things we love the, those old CinemaScope black and white films, and and of course Martin Ritt, we love him. So, you know, doing what he does best. There's um, there's an isolated music track on there, and there's uh, on on the um, the the previous model shop. I meant to mention that there is an isolated music track and the trailer and TV spots, and Model Shop, by the way, has music by that group Spirit from the late 60s, if right. you, I don't know if anybody remembers them, so that's kind of interesting. What was uh, their curio. hit? Um, 
You got me on that. I, I'm not. That, I I don't remember it either. I thought it was the top forty chart head. You'd you'd have it at the top of your top I, of your. <laughs> I'm usually good with that stuff, but it's it's not coming to me. Yeah. I've got their albums, but I can't tell you what their hit was. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I can't I can't think of what it was, but anyway, maybe it'll come come back to me. Anyway, um, the last Twilight Time title is Blue Denim. This oh, is that looks good, too. Yeah, Philip Dunn. And it's one of the uh, the few films that we have from Brand- starring Brandon DeWild, the, the former child star who was killed tragically in 1972 in a car accident. It's Carol Lindley and Brandon DeWild and McDonald Carey, the famous uh, the soap opera star. And it's a story of a couple of quote-unquote good kids facing uh, an unwed, unwanted pregnancy. So pretty heady stuff, I guess, for 1959. But that's your Twilight Time titles for the month of April. And uh, moving right along, we have from Arrow Academy, Sleeping Dogs with Sam Neill from 1977, directed by Roger Roger Donaldson and co-starring Warren Oates. Mm. There's a nice 65-minute documentary on that one as well. And, um, so that's they've they've offered that one up. Uh, Warner Archive has uh, issued Leg Earls with Gene Kelly, Mitzi Gaynor, Kay Kendall, and uh, directed by George Cukor and featuring the music and lyrics by Cole Porter and uh, again Cinemascope. Nice. Transfer there, some a few extras, a few featurettes, uh, and a uh, vintage cartoon, the Flea Circus, and theatrical trailer. Mm. So we have all those. And um, Aloha, Bobby and Rose from Ooh. 1975, <laughs> with uh, directed by Floyd Muttrix. Yes, and, Muttrix. And, uh, yeah. yeah, Paula Matt, Diane Hull, and Tim McIntyre, the late. Tim McIntyre and good, really good performance in, from him from him in this one. It's really really good and also really great L.A. stuff in it. So yeah. if you're if you're knowing L.A. that nice nice really nice 70s footage of of uh, L.A. in it. It's great. Mm-hmm. True, true. It also has Edward James Olmos and Robert Carradine. I don't want to not mention those and a lot of you know classic songs, a lot of needle drops. Yeah, we talk about, um, but there's a. They've done a really good job remastering this. They've done over 40 hours of color correction on this movie, which mm. is pretty amazing. But uh, yeah, you talk about Tim McIntyre. He's he's one of those forgotten actors that I just love that guy. Whenever I would see him, he's he's in a lot of things. He, he died way too young. He's an alcoholic, and he basically drank himself to death. And he he's he's good as Alan Freed. The, the guy who coined the phrase rock and roll in the uh, movie American Hot Wax, and he's so good in that, and also plays George Jones in the biopic of Tammy Wynette, uh, Stand By Your Man, really, really good in that, too. So he's he's really, uh, anytime there's a Tim McIntyre movie around, I'm I'm, I'm there. Yeah, he's, so. he was great. He was great. It was a yeah. serious loss when, uh, when he passed away. So. Yes, very much so. Very much so. So the 1937 film, The Awful True, directed Ooh. by Leo McCary, Irene Dunn, Cary Grant, and Ralph Bellamy. So funny. So ridiculously funny. It is, yes. It is, uh, 
you know, if you think you know uh, screwball comedies or whatever, no, this is the one. This is the one, I think. Uh, you got to watch it. Uh, I, re- I recall recently that uh, 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 Jeffrey Wells, like, uh, was a little disappointed in the transfer of it uh, a little really? bit. Yeah. But uh, he, he, he felt it was... Uh, of a lower quality than he's used to from that company, but uh, still, you know, I mean, man, the, the movie is so great. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you just uh, if you've never seen it, you must see the awful truth. Yeah, some nice extras here. A uh, new interview with uh, critic Gary Giddens. Um, there's video essay by uh, film critic David Carn on Cary Grant's performance in the 1978 audio interview with Irene Dunn, mm. and a, a booklet with. Uh, essay by Molly Haskell. Um, so, yeah, that's one of the Criterion releases for the month. Also, The Virgin Suicides has been issued, the uh, the Sofia Coppola film from 1999. I I find it to be good, uh, parts of it good. It's a, The narrative is a little lackluster for my taste, but I think it captures the period of, of its oh, I time. Don't, I don't think there's a movie that cap- physically that captures the 70s better than that. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I think That's it's the most, and it's also a very beautiful film. I still think it's probably my favorite of her films that she's made. I, I would mm-hmm. have to say by a long, by a long shot. Yeah, um, it's it's good. It's uh, it's just not great, but I, I, there are things I there are things I like about it. Let's put it that way. Things well, we all are, love the score. The, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the score by hair. Fantastic, awesome. It's yeah, incredible. Sure. Yep. And the transfer is, is immaculate, uh, speaking of transfers. I, and there's a nice batch of extras. Uh, it's a criterion. So, uh, but thank I like all the girls in it. You know, of course, Kirsten Dunst being one of them. And uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and I enjoy uh, I enjoy uh, Kathleen Turner and uh, and James Woods as the uh, as the parents too. Also, the voiceover narration is very good. Yep. Yeah, I mean, really yep. superb. Um, it, I really don't have any problem. I mean, it's a very good, it's a very good movie. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's almost as good as this next one, Camp Nowhere, starring Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> I remember. Hey, I remember that one. I mean, I don't know. No, I think Camp Nowhere is far better. I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Adam. <laughs> I couldn't resist. That's a Kino Lorber issue, uh, yeah, the, one of their titles. Also, Straight Talk with Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton was a talk show, talk radio host. Yes. <laughs> she uh, accidentally becomes Chicago's hottest talk radio celebrity. Who's the male lead in that? Somebody like James, James Woods. Woods. James Woods. How about yeah, that? Is he restrained in that movie? Or is he crazy? I mean, yeah. James Woods and Dolly Parton, you don't think of them as an on-screen couple. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really... It's true. Doesn't, doesn't conjure up visions of romance. Sort of like but, peanut butter and mayonnaise. Right. <laughs> precisely. So Griffin Dunn is also it's the, there. It's not the first time, uh, it's not the, first time um, the two of them have worked together. Because uh, Dolly Parton, people don't know this, Dolly Parton played the part of the bra in that movie, The Boost. So they got a long, a long history together. Very good. That's good. That's good. That is good. good. Yep. So we'll move along to um, April 24th. And we talk about 
the multi-pack movie collections Mill Creek's been putting out, well, they've got a, a Charles Bronson four movie collection, and I actually think this is fairly strong. Uh, the Valachi Papers, uh, The Stone Killer, Breakout, and Hard Times, which Hard Times uh, previously issued by Twilight Time way out of print, so the only way that you can get Hard Times on Blu-ray now is to go for this four-movie collection. Breakout's never been issued, so that's a... These are all good movies, actually. Decent. Right. Yeah. And for less than 20 bucks for all four of those? That's and Hard Times alone would be worth it. You know, yeah, Walter I Hill, agree. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, so, you know, so, you know you're going to get one really, really, really good movie out of it at least. Yep, so. that's right, that's right. Um, Have you guys seen previews I'm, to this new action movie uh, starring uh, a Charles Bronson lookalike? It's like they, they, they wanted to remake the feel of the 70s, 80s Bronson movies, and... And this guy absolutely looks just like him. Like if Charles Bronson were stung in the face by bees. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and some, in some shots, it's eerie how similar they look. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not familiar. Yeah, I don't remember the name of it. But is like, it it's, it's not an upgrade, is it? Or It doesn't look like an upgrade. <laughs> no, no, the movie called, is called Upgrade. I think, I think that's what you're talking talking about it might be it might be uh, i don't remember well well the uh the 1966 horror film written by uh robert block and directed by freddie francis the psychopath it's one of those amicus productions this has been notoriously (laughs) hard to find and so they've been they've issued this and it it looks pretty good. There are a few scratches on the print that they you know they couldn't do a complete restoration. But to have it, it's filmed in Technoscope, so anybody who's a fan of this movie is going to be just really bowled over by the fact that it's finally available in its correct aspect ratio. So I wanted to mention it for for any fans of the Psychopath and, and mid '60s Amicus horror films. Uh, that's a that is a Kino Lorber as well. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to that one. And uh, Bombshell, we talked about. This is a fairly newer film. This is the documentary about uh, Hedy Lamarr. And tells her life story and how she was instrumental into helping get the the ideas together that led to the invention of uh, of Wi-Fi and that sort of thing. Right. She wasn't really business savvy enough to take out a patent and and other people took her ideas and ran with them, and she kind of d- didn't didn't profit the way she probably should have. But she comes across as a really smart and interesting person, more than just the sum of of the parts that we've known in the public eye or whatever. It's an it's an interesting documentary, I think. So I, I would recommend that people see that if they haven't gotten a, a chance to. And another. Criterion release is Dead Man, the Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. Uh, it looks really good. The, the black and white transfer here, a lot of, a lot of nice extras. There's a Q and A with Jim Jarmusch, 48 minutes. Interview with Gary Farmer, deleted scenes, 15 minutes worth. And there's a Neil Young featurette here that's a half hour. So, if you're a fan of Jarmusch's Dead Man, well. It's they've really done a nice job on that. And who isn't? I mean, that's a great movie. Let's face yeah. it. It's it is. It's a, Robert, isn't it Robert Mitchum's last movie? It is. 
Yeah. yeah, it's a really good. It's a really good movie. Really good. Yeah. Got a big old cast. Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton yeah. is he in it? And uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, lots of. It's people. been a long time, but yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. I think it's all. It's Dead all Bang is good. Dead Bang, Adam. When is Dead Bang coming out on Blu-ray? <laughs> Dead Bang. <laughs> I Don haven't Johnson. heard a word about that one, but that's a good. Uh, that's a good suggestion. It'll be. You. It'll. It'll happen. I'm telling you. Yeah, probably so. At some point, that'll well, be in a box yeah. set with uh, all the all the music videos from Don Johnson's Heartbeat album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those were good videos. Yeah, uh, were they? Yeah, they were actually. Yeah, yeah he we, played we, a he played a war he played a war photographer, and so they did a series of vi- videos, uh, okay. telling a story. It was good. It's not really worth talking about. I should really not. Uh, I should really <laughs> stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Well, it can't be any worse than this. Uh, than this next title, Cyborg, with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, uh, Jerry, your opinions of Cyborg. Yeah, Isn't that wait? Is that now? Wait, I have a question about cyborg. Is he the cyborg in the movie? I forget. No, no, it's the lady, the female lead. Uh, well, not the female lead, but the. Uh, Isn't he crucified in the movie like Jesus Christ at one point? <laughs> yes, he is. That's correct. I, I I just remember watching this in college late one night. Yeah. Um. What do you want me to say? I did mean, that did, did that start your fascination with crucifixion? Because your 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 famous line on the show is that I'm going to get crucified for this, but uh, Baba do you know? Well, I don't think it, it comes from Cyborg. I'm, I'm sure it doesn't come. From- it might actually come from the crucifixion. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might come from the crucifixion. Yeah. Um, well. Wow. Okay. Cyborg. Wow. I didn't even know. I didn't know the negatives were still around for that. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, they've done a two scan, two K scan of the inner positive, and there's new interviews here with the director and and a couple of the actors. I I had managed to uh, elude having to sit through this one my entire life, and I was. Wore that as a badge of honor until my son came uh, down for a visit and he he wanted to see it. So curiosity killed the cat, and um, we both agreed it was really terrible. <laughs> oh I said, well, wow! I said it was your call, buddy. Anyway, <laughs> what what is this now? Guilty. What was the movie? Cyborg. I said oh, I'd God. managed no, to Jesus. I'd managed to avoid it all these years, and my son broke that. So oh well. He, he no, we're, surpri- we're surprised to learn that there are negatives available for Cyborg. But I think yeah, yeah I think the, real question, right. the real question is: Are there any positives for it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. True. Well, this next title will—I'm um, sure this will delight Jamie. He'll be so happy that they put, finally put this one out. Doctor Detroit. <laughs> oh my God. It does have Donna Dixon in it, though, so well, I will it give it does. that. Yeah, That's James where they Brown. met, right? In that, yes, in that movie. Is. Yeah, James Brown's in it, you know. He has a good musical scene at the end of the movie. Uh, it's not the, the worst music in it. Uh, right. So is, yeah. is, is, would you put Dr. Detroit above the couch trip? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's probably about on a par. Or what about loose cannons? <laughs> oh it's my God! Blue cannons, no. It's a little bit better than or that. Or nothing but trouble. <laughs> it's oh, a these are all just so that. wretched. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking. Loose about cannons it. is a terrible movie, but I got to tell you, 
I will watch that movie just because Gene Hackman's in it. Sure, uh, sure. Just to see how he all handles these other it. movies, <laughs> all these other movies, they don't have the benefit of Gene Hackman being in yes. them. So they're, yeah. mm-hmm. they have no redeemable qualities whatsoever. That's a Bob Clark movie. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh boy. Bob Clark. Yeah. <laughs> I I've, I had never seen Doctor Detroit until like uh, this this time when it came out on Blu-ray and uh, you know I was I was prepared to, for it to be just the worst thing I'd ever seen and it's not a great movie but it it has its mid-80s charms and um, it's, they're all trying to cash in I mean especially Aykroyd and these standalone films away from Murray or Belushi especially Belushi. Yeah. And I like, you know, he's great in all these ensemble casts, but you take him out of that, and he it's very hard for him to to be on his own. To That's carry what I movie, a lot yeah. of these. I mean, mm-hmm. he needs but, the other SNL, you know, cast or a Second City or cast. Somebody, yeah. you know. I mean, so, even that remember the supporting awful, cast. You awful know. Caddyshack sequel, remember? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was bad. I mean, that's, just, I mean that's, that's the, that to me is the epitome of, like, we're, like really bad Aykroyd right mm-hmm. there. Um, <laughs> bad Aykroyd. Well, you know, Dr. Detroit does have Howard Hessman and George Firth, and I always enjoy, and Fran Drescher's in there with them, too. So, And you said Donna oh. Dixon and James Brown. So there's some great supporting you know, actors in, in this. So, it, you know, it, it's... Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's great, but it's it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Right? No, no, Fucking that's not dead Aykroyd, Aykroyd, man. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just, he's chewing I, my, up the. He makes my skin crawl. Like I I I, I can't quite define it. But I'm even watching like Get On Up, the James Brown story that. Yeah. And oh yeah. He is oh, he is overacting in the B-roll, like just in cutaways. <laughs> oh <Ew>, wow. <laughs> He's having it up. I'm like, oh, just makes, makes my. Well, I do he, love. I love Get On Up. Though. Like, wait, what was he in oh, Get On Up? I don't remember him. He was like his, his manager agent. or something. Or yeah, yeah. Agent. yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh wow! Chadwick, Chadwick I love that Boseman movie, but I forgot is, all about him. Okay. I mean, he's Chad, a good, it's a good movie. Chad, is so Chad, great, Chadwick Boseman is really great. Yeah. He's yeah. Really, yeah. He's true. He's really good. Yeah. Did either well, of you guys see the? Um, uh, sorry, this is off topic, but no, the Chiwetel Ejiofor Jew- uh, Jew- movie on Netflix that comes Sunday. Not about yet. The, no, I haven't. No. Yeah. The movie's no. fine, but he is he is fantastic in it. I mean, yeah. you watch it for him. Uh, yeah. I mean, God, what an actor. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's uh, he's quite good, quite good. But yeah, yeah, Dan Aykroyd in Doctor Detroit. He's not he's not merely chewing the carpet. He's uh, He's swallowing the drapes and the <laughs> everything else in the room. The couch. You know, my primary memory of it, besides you know all the needle drops, which are great, uh, oh, yeah. is is uh, is is the costuming. For some reason, the costuming is nuts in that movie. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. You know what, what he's wearing and what what the other people are, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it takes place in L.A. too, right? So isn't that? Uh, a, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's well, L.A. Well, we have two films from 1978 here next on the list. Shout Factory issued, um, I think this was the first film for Christopher Reeve before Superman, the same calendar year, Gray Lady Down. Oh, my God. (laughs) David Carradine movie. And James Franciscus. I mean, let's not forget, I mean, everybody's in this. Yeah. Um, I remember when this came out. I remember it quite vividly, but it's another one that has I've managed to not uh, 
see it all these years. So I can't really give a critical assessment, and I didn't get a review copy. I just wanted to let people know. But I will tell uh, about another one that, that was released that year that was a huge hit. Of course, I'm talking about Greece, uh, the 40th anniversary edition. But what separates this and makes this different is they've issued, on, issued it on 4K for the first time ever. And regardless of your feelings about Greece, which, you know, uh, you do get a little bit tired of it. it it's yes. so – the culture is so ingrained with Greece, and I have seen it – you know, many times, including originally when it came out. But this was incredible. I have to admit, this 4K because I recently upgraded to a 4K projector, and I was able to 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 and I had the 4K player, and I was able to actually experience the 4K, and it was just stunning. It it really was, and the sound apparently has been remixed from the original 70 millimeter audio tracks. And it's so crisp and clean. I mean, the dialogue, the, like the uh, the lyrics to the songs and the music is perfectly separated. You can hear just everything, just uh, like I've never heard it before. And, and I noticed details. I noticed uh, Eddie Deason in the background doing all kinds of business that I'd never picked up on before on the sidelines. <laughs> just little details. And, you know, as tired as I kind of am of Greece. I really enjoyed watching it again in the 4K. I have to admit it, it a great presentation really can can enhance your experience of something you're tired of and I I did. So I have to say it's really and this uh, it also has a few new extras which there's an alternated animated main titles and an alternate ending that were just discovered on a work print from Randall Kleiser's private collection. So anybody who is a big Grease fan. I, I can't recommend this. <laughs> yeah, this this is they've done a good job. I have to admit, they've really. I mean, it's they're not just trying to recycle something and get more money. They've really done something with this, and and it's it's worth picking up. Uh, another one. Years is ago, Joe. I did a years ago I did an interview with Randall Kleiser about Grease, uh-huh. and uh, it was going to be one of the anniversary shows, and um, I lost the interview. Oh, bong. <laughs> My computer crashed and the and the uh, the interview was edited, everything was put together, it was ready to be uploaded, and my computer crashed and it disappeared. Mm. Just to go back to Grey Lady Down just a little bit, uh Sure. <coughs> it's not a bad movie, I mean not bad, and uh, it's got a really good cast, you know, uh of course Charlton Heston, but uh, David Carradine, Ned Beatty, uh Stacey Keach, uh uh, uh, Ronnie Cox, uh, Dorian Harewood, uh, so uh, uh, Michael O'Keefe and, uh, oh, and Christopher Reeve, of course, and and uh, yeah, so you know, might check it out just for just for uh, you know, David Clinton as well. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's not bad. Yeah, it is true. Well, a couple of olive film releases here. Um... Oh, and also, Grease 2 has been issued as part of a multi-pack on Blu-ray for the first time, so um, for whatever it's worth. You can get a multi-pack that has them all in it, and Grease 2 is... But you can only get it as part of the pack. You can't get it separate. So. Some people love and Grease 2 more than they Grease. Do. Yeah. They do. Do you have Pfeiffer in Grease yeah. 2? Yes. Yes. And okay. um, Maxwell Caulfield. I don't know. <laughs> yes. That movie, that movie is, uh, that movie is all, all downhill after she sings Cool Rider. Uh-huh. Yeah. Done. But what about the bowling alley scene? That's got to be <laughs> that's a classic, you know. We're, we're gonna bowl tonight. Oh, they're dancing with the bowling balls. That's uh, crazy. 
Oh, boy. And, you know, I always think about that that one because it's written by Ken Finkelman, and who also, six months later, wrote uh, and directed Airplane 2, and, I, and that's, that's really right. what he's known best for. And I think to myself, this is a guy who had a, had the worst task on earth. He had to follow up Greece and Airplane in the same calendar year. Wow, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, gee. I mean, anyway. Um, so Olive Films has put out a couple of things that are of interest, I think. One is Hope and Glory, John Borman's autobiographical oh, yay. film. yay. Yeah, 1987. Now, do they have anything about the sequel? There was a sequel, Queen and Country, I think, or something? Yes, for Queen and Country. Yes. Yes. Is, is there which anything? Is, which is, uh, I guess that'll be, you know, John Borman's swan song, you know, for, uh, as far as films go. And uh, it's... Uh, not quite up to the level of, of uh, hope and glory, but it's not mm. bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, this of course great cast: Sarah Miles and David Heyman, Derek O'Connor, and Sammy Davis. Not the Sammy Davis Jr., but no, Sammy, of course not. No, no, she was very popular. This was when she was very popular, and a wonderful performance from from Ian Bannon. Oh, he's superb. Yes, fantastic. He's wonderful. Yes, I was getting to that. It has the greatest last line. Thank you, Adolf. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is fantastic. It's a great movie. That Philip Rousselot photography too is yeah talking about. Yeah. So. Another issue, uh, Olive Films issue, is Mermaids, the one with Cher and Winona Ryder. Yes. And um, so, yeah. And uh, and uh, who's the other little girl? Is is that? Uh, oh. uh, uh, it's um, uh, she's she's on uh, she's on the the uh, the, uh, the gay show. Uh, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> uh, the gay show. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> Is that chick well, from the gate? Uh, she's on. She's on transparent. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well. Anyway, it's out there, mermaids, and the other Olive Films title I want to mention that was uh, we lost this guy last year, the director of this film, John G. Abelton. His the movie that made him a star was Joe. Oh yeah. Nineteen seventy, yeah. and I rewatched that last week, and that's. It's still good, I have to say, and I think it's more prescient now than ever with what's going on in our. It's it's amazing how this film kind of has come back around, and it's, it's very topical. I guess is a good way to put it. Right. The, yeah. You know the divide between the ultra rights and the the liberals, and you know all this and this. The, and of course, we all know that Carol O'Connor's performance as Archie Bunker was inspired by. Peter Boyle and Joe, supposedly. So, and you, and you can see some it. early, early uh, Susan Sarandon too, yeah. right in it. Completely naked. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, it was Christina Ricci. I wasn't uh, in, in Mermaids. Right. It's Christina Ricci, uh, the very young Christina Ricci. Yeah. And, oh, very young. Yeah, Ma- that's right. That's Ma- right. Ma- Michael Scheffling uh, as the male lead in it. Uh, you know the. I guess he's probably uh, the. I haven't seen it in a long time, but uh, you know he was kind. Of, they were trying to sort of groom him for stardom uh, back in the eighties. It didn't really yeah. kind of work out. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, um, so yeah, we get uh, another Warner Archive title that I might have mentioned last month. I'm not sure. The Black Scorpion, which is uh, features special effects by 
Willis O'Brien. Who did oh, the yeah, I remember this. They Turner showed this late, like one night when it like premiered. Like there's a, yeah. like and I yeah, it's, it's 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 a curiosity, definitely a curiosity. I mean, yeah, good good special effects if nothing else. Want to mention that and the 1953 3D film has been issued in 3D with a um, special thanks to Martin Scorsese because I think he put up some of the money to get this restored from the original left and right eye camera negatives by Paramount Pictures Archive. This is uh, The Maze, which is directed, produced, and designed and directed by William Cameron Menzies. Wow. The famous production designer who did Gone with the Wind and many other things. But this was uh, this was released at the height of the 3D craze, and, and it has been issued in 3D by Kino Lorber. And, that sounds... Um, that sounds worth checking out for sure. Yeah, he also did Invaders from uh, Invaders from Mars. Indeed, uh, that's exactly right. I, you know, how could I forget? Yeah. So, yeah. So those, those are a few curios that are out there, and also Liquid Sky has been issued by Vinegar Syndrome from 1982. A quintessential midnight movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Watching that just takes me right back to yep. that period. Yep. It, yes, it, it does. Is, it is one of the one of the great '80s movies. It really mm-hmm. is. I mean, in terms of like uh, capturing that era. Uh, it's, Which uh, movie is that? Uh, Liquid Sky. Liquid yeah. Sky. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to watch it again. Like God, a long time ago, I rented it from the video store because they came out with this on VHS. They came out with a new edition. I went to go rent it. The videotape was broken. Uh, and it was the only place that you had in the area, and I was so bummed because it had been so long since I'd seen it, and I was just like, God damn. Yeah. yeah. So well. I just wanted to mention that. that no, I uh, I'll it, get, pick that up for sure. Yeah, it's got a boatload of extras, too. They've really, and they've done a nice little restoration on it, so good it should score. look really good. I seem yeah. to remember, too, so uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it was yeah. a major, major midnight film. Mm-hmm. Uh, all through the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And the 1956 film, A Woman's Devotion, starring Ralph Meeker and Janice Rule and Paul Hen- Henried, mm-hmm. directed by Paul Henried, from, like I said, 1956. That's a Kino Lorber release, so I wanted to mention that. And a couple of collections of cartoons from the 70s that people of a certain age like ourselves can <laughs> will remember these are uh, there's a, coll- a two disc collection of Mr. Jaw from 1974-75 <laughs> yes, yes. and a two disc collection of The Dog Father <laughs> Now that one I don't remember what is that It's the same company that did those cartoons you know the the pink patty feeling yes yeah. yes So yeah and um the Parent Trap, 1998, 20th anniversary, issued by Disney Movie Club. Can't believe that's 20 years old. But oh, it God, you're right. Yeah, oh, my. And uh, so that that is that. And um, I believe that pretty much wraps up all of the titles for April. I thought I was thinking I was overlooked something, but I'm looking, and I don't think I did. I think that's that pretty well covers everything. Who did the how about the, uh, how about the how about the uh, the who just did the restoration of Midnight Cowboy? 
Uh, it hasn't come out yet. That's Criterion. That's in May. So yeah, yeah. Dean, you spoke earlier about Jeffrey Wells. Jeffrey Wells also panned that restoration as well. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and he showed. Uh, uh, like examples of the original and, uh, and next to this, and uh, yeah, it looked uh, a little washed out to me. But mm. uh, so, uh, yeah, it doesn't look accurate. Um, well, but, I uh, have I have the 2009 issue by MGM, uh, well, Fox Home Video. They put it out in on blue in 2009. I have that one, so I haven't I haven't parted company with that one yet. So I, I may want to hold on to it. Thanks for the heads up. Yep. Appreciate that. Yep. So, yeah, that's good to know. But, yeah, I think that covers everything, except there was one TV show, 13 Reasons Why, that's been issued in a box, the uh, Netflix season that got a lot of critical acclaim. But, you know, we don't normally talk about television, but for whatever it's worth, I wanted to say it's out there. That's the only other thing I did not mention. But um, everything, that's pretty much it for April. Oh, very good. All right. Very good. Wrapped it up in record time. That was good, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm gonna keep it short uh, on this uh, on the um, on the Amazon Prime titles coming up in May. Uh, so I'm just gonna go through titles. They're all a lot of them are familiar to us, so we won't have to go nuts. But if you want to say something, just pipe up. But uh, a lot of these, most of these, come out on May 1st, uh, so they will be available then. Uh, but uh, we've got, uh, of course, the Brady Bunch movie and a very Brady sequel. Uh, which are both worthwhile. I love Jennifer Elise Cox as uh, as Jan. She's fantastic in in at least the first one, and uh, uh, so that's good stuff. Uh, AI, artificial intelligence, is is hitting. Uh, so Spielberg's uh, great movie that's coming out. Um, uh, Baby Blue, Baby Boom with uh, Diane Keaton and Sam Shepard uh, from '87. Uh, Back to School, the uh, Rodney Dangerfield, with also very young uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Excuse uh, me, can I ask a dumb question? Sure. Is the Melissa McCarthy movie Life of a Party basically just the remake of that female-centric? <laughs> oh, you know what? I haven't seen the preview for it yet. So I, she I, goes back to school with her daughter, I guess. Oh, oh I see. That's why yeah. I asked. Is this basically just a remake of um, role, role Reversal? Yeah, yeah. Reverse. gender reversal. I mean, sure, gender, sure. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, probably yeah, how they does. pitched it. Back to school with women. And so, so they did know. that. Well, they re- the remake of that, and they switched the the, the genders on on the overboard remake too. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Wow. Just so much for progress. Yes. Yeah. Uh, retroactive, uh, retroactive justice, I guess. Um, uh, okay, so we got Bull Durham, the famous uh, Ron Shelton movie, uh, also on the first on Amazon. Then back to the first, you know, the, all these coming out on the first. Uh, so they're retaining. I, I don't know what Amazon has. They must have some kind of complicated uh, uh, contract with MGM UA, but uh, uh, they keep. Uh, Bringing on and then taking off the uh, James Bond series, but they they're bringing it back again on the first. So you've got Doctor No from Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, Diamonds Are Forever, Live and Let Die, The Man with the Golden Gun, The Spy Who Loved Me, Never Say Never Again uh, with Connery, and uh, and then Octopussy, uh, all on the first. Uh, so we will once again, you know have a chance to uh, enjoy those in their widescreen glory. 
Um, Eight Men Out, uh, the great uh, John Sayles movie with the incredible cast telling the story of the Chicago Black Sox uh, from 1988. That is a fantastic movie, and uh, if you've never seen it, uh, it's a really great, uh, really great story and an uh, incredible cast that will just leave your mind mind blown. Uh, Elizabeth Town, the uh, the uh, Cameron Crowe movie that's. Uh, you know, sort of have birthed at least the phrase "manic pixie dream girl" from a uh, from a critic out there. But uh, of course, Chris and Dunst in that, and uh, from 2005, uh, a movie called Foxfire that I, I really had to look up. But uh, it's uh, no, no, not that one. <laughs> no, no, not so Firefox. This, not, not Firefox. But Foxfire, and and there's there's another property out there named Foxfire, but uh, it's from 1996, based on a Joyce Carol Oates uh, novel, who, who you know of course gave us uh, Straight Talk, but uh, 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 it's uh, uh, what's the girl's name? Uh, well, Hedy Burress, Hedy Burress is the is the star. Uh, it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a girl taking revenge on somebody. Uh, I remember this sex, movie. Sexually I do remember this. Or whatever. I think I do too. Yeah, uh, Angelina Jolie, Jenny Lewis. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Dash Mihawk from uh, from you know from the uh, from that uh, TV show and uh, uh, yeah, so Kathy Moriarty, uh, Richard Bamer, uh, John Deal, uh, Chris Mulkey. Uh, so lots of lots of good uh, supporting cast in this um, as well. Interesting uh, side note: uh, my parents met at a restaurant called the Foxfire. Oh, there you go. Interesting. Interesting. Um, it all comes around. Yes, it yep. does eventually. Uh, Frailty uh, is also going to be available. That's uh, Bill Pullman's one and only directorial debut. Oh, Bill, uh, Paxton. Paxton. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Sorry, get all okay. the bills mixed up. Uh, right. And uh, yeah, so it's very good. It's, uh, who else is in that? Isn't that uh, my, uh, Matthew Powers McConaughey? Booth? Isn't Powers Booth? Yeah, yeah McConaughey in lost, it. Powers Booth. Lost yes. Booth last year. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Forty days and forty nights. Uh, Gator, uh, Boat Reynolds uh, sequel Fuck to yeah. White White Lightning. Is oh, hitting. these are all good. Now we're getting the good stuff. All right. Yeah, now we're getting to the good stuff. Uh, we got The Hangman coming up. Now they don't have a lot of older movies that they uh, introduce on these uh, weeks. So, uh, but this is Michael Curtiz uh, western with uh, Robert Taylor, Tina Louise, Fess Parker, Jack Lord. Gene Evans. Uh, wow. Uh, so uh, that should be uh, actually and Lauren Green. So all right. Uh, so wow. Uh, I'll be watching that one. That's for sure. Um, Insomnia, the remake, of course, with uh, with um, you know uh, our our good friend uh, Al Pacino and uh, uh, you know uh, and of course uh, Christopher Nolan, um, uh, Robin Williams, right? Yeah. yeah, and um, and um, what's his name? Great, uh, Stellan Skarsgård or somebody like that. <laughs> I can't remember. So but, is it uh, Martin Donovan? Is it Martin Donovan? Martin Donovan. Yes, you're you're right. Uh, California with a K. That is uh, the the I think a very very good uh, sort of disturbing movie with uh, 
with um, uh, Brad Pitt and and, uh, and um, David uh, Duchovny and right, right, exactly. And a good, uh, I do like that movie. I do like it. It's a it's a cool. You know what? Movie. You can you can actually see in some of his movies Brad Pitt because Brad Pitt idolizes Mickey Rourke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could see him trying to do a Mickey Rourke performance in California oh. and oh yeah. Uh, movies of that ilk because uh, and I, I guess all there was to it was just not washing your hair like that was the <laughs> uh, <laughs> Juliet Lewis yeah Juliet Lewis and who's the uh, Michelle is it Michelle Forbes is the other is uh, David Duchovny's girlfriend Mich- in the- Michelle Forbes yeah. yes okay yes, yes. She's, she's very good in it too and, and uh, Pitt and Juliet Julia Lewis were dating at the time so they were the big yes. item so. yeah oh okay yep. exactly uh, so, so really worthwhile movie, I think. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Manhunter, of course, the, which we all love, is, mm-hmm. is uh, returning to uh, to the lineup. Uh, you know, the first, uh, really technically the first, uh, you know, Hannibal Lecter kind of thing with one, the one of the best Hannibal Lecters, uh, Brian Cox, and of course. Uh, 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 who, who's the lead? Uh, William, uh, what's his name? Is it uh, William Peterson? Please. William Peterson, yes, exactly. And f- some really great actresses in it as well. Uh, New Rose Hotel, uh, which is uh, 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 a uh, Abel Ferrara movie. Yeah, with, with William. De- isn't it, is now? Let me. I remember watching this. Isn't this based on a William Gibson short story? I think it is. Or? It is. Yeah, it's, okay. a, it's a. It's a. Um, it is is uh, part of that, and uh, and uh, yeah. So uh, I've never seen it, uh, but I'm curious about it, and I will be watching it. Um, the uh, as a Charlie Brown fan, I have to mention this, but it's not the greatest Charlie Brown movie. <laughs> but uh, you know, might as well check it out just to see you know how the mighty have fallen. But uh, 1977's uh, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. It's it's okay, I guess. Baba do whatever, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know the uh, the heights of Charlie Brown movies and television shows uh, are not hitting us. Uh, Good grief, Dean! Give the give the give the kid a break. I, mean. I know, but what can I what can I tell you? I have high standards for for Charlie Brown well, uh, movies. What do you think about the next one, the last one, Bon Voyage? I'm just curious. I I, I like that one myself. That's a good one. It's uh, I think they've uh, I've uh, checked that out. It's all right, you know. It's okay. It's kind of on the level of uh, of Race for Your Life, but uh, it's it's okay. Is that the one where they go to Europe or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Well, like, don't I thought come it was back. a little better. <laughs> that one's good because you can feel that it's very close to uh, Schultz's heart. You know, yes. uh, going to that. So I, I I dig it for that reason. Uh, Okay, so we got the Rocky series coming back to uh to, to Amazon. Uh Rocky uh Rocky the first one through five and I, I assume they'll be keeping Creed, which has been on their uh roster for a little while now. Uh so you'll be able to see the whole Rocky uh saga, you know, so that'll be good. Uh School Ties, uh the nineteen ninety two movie mm-hmm. with uh uh, what's his name? <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, Fraser, yes. And Chris O'Donnell. Is Chris O'Donnell in that? I think you're right. Yes, and I like that guy. I like yeah. that actor. He's very good. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, we've got a movie called Set Up coming out from 2002 with 50, 50 Cent and Ryan Philippe and uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, so that'll be hitting uh, on the first as well. Uh, we've got Starting Out in the Evening uh, with uh, Frank Langella, Lauren, Lauren Ambrose, and Lily Taylor. That's a good uh, movie, actually. I remember that. That's a good one. Yeah, so uh, that's definitely one I want to check out. Uh, uh, let's see. We've got uh, Strategic Air Command, uh, the uh, James Stewart movie from uh, 1955. Uh, the Bench Warmers, uh, which, uh, uh, you know, has uh, has Robert Schneider and David Spade, but uh, also Napoleon Dynamite, uh, John Heater, and... Uh, and John Lovitz and Craig Kilborn and what is Tim it like Meadows. the I hate the I I hate Obama fan club in that movie? I mean, <laughs> my God, Dennis Dugan, you know the uh, uh, so yeah the director and uh, yeah uh, it has some it has its moments. It's kind of it, it's kind of Saturday afternoon sort of like if you're not too uh, too demanding. Is it a taco movie? Uh, yeah, you're gonna need the tacos for that one. Okay, for sure. All right, good. Uh, the box. I know this is one of uh, you like this one, don't you, Jerry? Yes, I do like the box. Uh, who is it again? It's, uh, it's Richard Kelly. It's the last. It will probably be the last movie Richard Kelly will ever direct. <laughs> oh. I did. I have. I know he's attached to something, but let's be honest. This is this is it, man. This is it. <laughs> you bet it. Yeah. So, uh, of course, based on the story by Richard Matheson, uh, wasn't this done as a Twilight Zone Twilight or something? Zone. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, I believe you're right. Um, uh, it's another Frank Langella movie, too. Uh, so it's a big month for Frank Langella on, uh, mm-hmm. on Amazon. But uh, Cameron Diaz, of course, uh, James Marsden, James uh, Reebhorn, who's been on our show. And Holmes Osborne, the star of uh, the who played the dad on in Donnie Darko. Yeah, so. he, he's in all he's in all three of um, Richard Kelly's right movies. Yeah, it's like a good luck charm, I guess. Yeah, uh, or a bad luck charm in the case. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, the Crow, of course, we all know this. Brendan Lee uh, from 1994 will be hitting. Uh, so if you've never seen that, you can check it out. It's so. Uh, and uh, then we've got the Oscar-winning Golden Compass, uh, won an Oscar for its visual effects, if you can remember that. Uh, that's also hitting. Uh, the House That I Live In, the Eugene Jarecki documentary about prison life, I think, uh, is coming. Uh, that was done in 2013. Uh, the Hurt Locker, of course, the uh, Catherine Bigelow uh, Oscar-winning classic. And uh, less classic is uh, Robert Redford's The Legend of Bagger Vance, which happens to be, I think, <laughs> maybe Redford's worst movie. Uh, Definitely but, his uh, most tone-death movie. Um. Yeah. Hmm. And of course, Will Smith is, uh, is the sort of uh, ghostly kind of uh, apparition that comes in and uh, advises a golfer on how to be successful in the game. One of our favorite movies, Thief, is coming back uh, to uh, Amazon on the on May first. Of course, we all love Thief uh, with uh, James Caan, Tuesday Weld, and and uh, Willie Nelson, and fantastic you know score by Tangerine Dream. And, mm-hmm. yep. uh, you just uh, you just can't beat it. Uh, it's 
fantastic. Uh, uh, Untamed Heart, <laughs> Marissa Tomei, and uh, who's the who is it? Christian Slater. Christian Slater yep. and the, with, Rosie with the Perez Laker is in that too, isn't she? Yes, yes. And uh, not a bad movie, even though no. you know it's about a guy. It's about you know Christian Slater plays a guy who has a baboon heart. Uh, and is struggling to live, and he's in love with uh, Marissa Tomei, and she's charming, and uh, I'll always watch anything with her in it. Okay, so we move on to May 4th, and we get Last the Lag Flying, which uh, we all loved, I think. Yeah, uh, a very underrated that, movie. Very underrated, very underrated. So you will get a mm-hmm. chance to finally see this with uh, Steve Carell and... Uh, and uh, Brian Creston and uh, Lawrence Fishburne, so it's it's really really good. And Cicely Tyson has a great scene in it. Yes, she does. Uh, uh, the Warrior from t- 2011. Is this the one? Uh, it's it's just Warrior. It's uh, it's the one with uh, Nick Nolte, right? Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good one. That's a that's a good yeah. one. And Tom Hardy and Joel Egerton. Yes, mm-hmm. and of course Nick Nolte nominated for supporting actor Oscar for that. Uh, we have uh, Baywatch hitting on May 12th, <laughs> so less said about that, the better. Um, also on the 12th, Still Mine, uh, uh, Julianne Moore's uh, Oscar-winning performance, right? Uh, uh, is that right? No, I'm getting that wrong, am I? <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that wrong. Oh, you're right. I am she right. Won, she won for that. Okay, she, she won for the Alzheimer's. Okay, yeah. all right. Then uh, um, I'm very excited about this. It'll probably be a good chance for a lot of the listeners to check this out because uh, they probably maybe have missed it. But on May 19th, Beatrice at Dinner, one of my favorite movies of the mm-hmm. year with Salma Hayek hits. Uh, and just a great, great cast, including uh, John Lithgow with sort of a Trump ex. Trump-esque sort of asshole that that invades the dinner and and shocks her into uh, into uh, <laughs> terrible places. But uh, what a fantastic movie! And uh, Mike Mike White, of course, is the screenwriter and uh, and uh, 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 the, the great uh, director, uh, the Mexican director, is it Manuel Ortega? Uh, uh, Miguel Ortega. Miguel Ortega. Yes, exactly. Doing this all without notes. Um, Beast of Burden is something that I did not know about. Uh, it is a t- 2018 uh, movie with Daniel Radcliffe and Grace Gummer, who is, I guess, uh, will pre- be perpetually known as, uh, you know, Meryl Streep's daughter. Uh, um, I don't know what it's about, but uh, uh, and I don't recognize anybody else connected with it. Yeah, no, it. It was on demand, I think, if I'm not mistaken. It was on video on demand for a little bit this year, so it might have already gone on to the streaming services. Okay. It does that rings a bell. Oh. Okay. Uh, just getting started. Uh, Ron Shelton's latest uh, movie, 2017. Uh, uh, sort of a FBI agent played by Tommy Lee Jones and an ex-mob lawyer and witness protection played by Morgan Freeman. Uh, so they go on little adventures, and uh, Rene Russo, Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano, Glenn Headley, one of, must have been one of her last uh, movies, and um, yeah, so uh, Jane Seymour, all sorts of people, Johnny Mathis, <laughs> Johnny Mathis, isn't it? Well, uh, so that's interesting, um, 
and uh, the wedding plan, uh, which uh, which I don't uh, sounds a little familiar, but uh, uh, that's also hitting. Uh, and uh, without uh, wrapping it up here, uh, without uh, uh, you know knowing the dates, uh, we do have picnic at Hanging Rock coming up, uh, and then uh, Wonder Wheel, uh, the Woody Allen movie. And then they say Lord of the Rings, which I suspect is going to be the 1978 Ralph Bakshi animated version. So, uh, so that's that's it for Amazon coming up. So, little new feature there. Hope you guys like it. And uh, and that's it. Okay. Very good. All right. All right, guys. Thank you all for joining us this week. Uh, next week we're off. Okay. And the week after, I will tell the story of dancing in front of Michael Jackson, <laughs> which is a request from a viewer. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Oh, so, wow. All right. <laughs> so uh, yeah. when we come back, I will tell that story. <laughs> 